many more people these days are looking that you're know, wanting to make a difference in the world. When the more money that you have, the more money that you can contribute to support others, to support causes that you really believe in, right? You're listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast with award-winning digital strategist, author, speaker, and personal branding expert, Francine Bellaghi. Francine is on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs to position themselves as an authority in their industry, attract their ideal clients, and impact millions of people globally. Looking to redefine the life you want to live and your best life now? Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the place to be to hear inspirational stories of thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and Francine herself with practical strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life. Make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world. Are you a professional, an entrepreneur or an executive who is feeling directionless right now? Or you are not sure what you should be doing next in your career or in your business? Are you looking perhaps to bring fire back in your life? and unearth your passion to grab the new opportunities that are appearing in a post-COVID world? Or perhaps are you ready to start living urgently, doing what you truly love? Well, if your answer to these questions is yes, you need to join me in my upcoming challenge. I am running a five-day Discover Your Passion Challenge to help you reset your life priorities as we work together to discover what truly lights you up so you can finally achieve a lifestyle that you love. COVID-19 has reshaped a lot of industries and made you question your priorities and what lights you up. You know that you can live a life full of zest rather than settling for this boring life that doesn't inspire you. Well, in this five-day challenge, I will be helping you to uncover your passion and new life priorities by sharing my own personal experience, the experience of people that I had the chance to interview on this podcast, Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life, or outside of the podcast. I will also be sharing great tester strategies that I've used with my clients over the last few years to uncover their passions and get committed to live life fully. So I will literally hold your hands as we go through the five days so you don't have to do it on your own. I know how daunting this can be and difficult to do this by yourself. So that's why I invite you in this five-day challenge with me to guide you and steer you in the right direction as you reveal your own magic. So for more information and to register to the five-day Discover Your Passion Challenge, you go to francinebelay.com slash passion challenge. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash passion challenge. And you register. Register because the places are limited. So you want to register right now to secure your place. I'll see you there. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. I am your host, Francine Belay. We are continuing the season seven of the show where we are focusing on uncovering the money mindset and habit that prevents us from achieving what we want in life and how we can create new empowering habits. 
Well, I'm excited to have today on the show Tina Van Leuven, author of Money and Miracles. She's also the co-author of number one Amazon bestsellers, Choosing Happiness and Cultivating Joy. She had to overcome self-doubt, fear of rejection, and being a people pleaser. And now she's helping creative entrepreneurs, healers, and coaches to upgrade their money mindset and align their soul path to their life and business. Hi, Tina. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Hi, Francine. Such a joy to be here with you. <laughs> That's cool. So tell us in your own words what you currently do. Well, I guess the easiest way would be to say that I really help people to reconnect with their own source of joy and to bring that joy into every area of their life and business. So to really bring that joy into your relationship with your body, the relationship with money, the relationship with others, the relationship with your calling, your passion, to really creating joyful living. Mm, I love that joyful living. We're going to talk more about that uh, in a moment. Tell me, what would you, would you say is your purpose? Oh, that's a deep question, isn't it? <laughs> and yet, <laughs> I love that. I, my definition of what our purpose is, for me, for you, for anyone, is to really have as much joy as I can possibly experience in this life. And what is joyful for me may not be joyful for someone else. So for me, it's like that the thing that lights me up more than anything is to see others, you know, clear their programming and their old ways of functioning from lack and scarcity in the old no pain, no gain mindset and mm -hmm. seeing the light come on when someone says that they really would like to experience more joy in their life, yet they're worrying all the time and worry and joy are just not on the same channel. So when somebody gets that, and tunes into their own joy channel and from that place that's creating a life that is joyful and fun for them yeah that is what i feel i'm here for to help people wake up to that that it's possible and it's available and it's a choice and everyone has the freedom and power to choose that wow that is powerful and i love that the fact that you know obviously you say you know everybody else's purpose is totally different how do you get people to get to their place to this place to find their own purpose i know that this is a, another big question but just briefly you know some of the um, outlines of um, things that we have to think of yeah that's wow well, thanks for saying well you know i always say look to what is it that is fun for you what do you love doing more than anything else in the world if you had all the money in the world how would you be spending your time what would you be doing what brings you joy what lights you up what makes life worth getting out of bed for every day when you connect in with that and then you start going okay well what are some of the ways that i can bring this into the world whether that is in my business, whether it's in my career, whether it's in whatever way you're showing up, that will be a great contribution by being who you are. I think then you are on track to discovering what your purpose is and knowing that that evolves and expands and possibly changes as we move along, you know? Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. Super. So tell me, Atina, what is one thing that people don't know about you? 
Oh, let's see. Well, depending on who you, you fly to, I suppose. <laughs> I was a flight attendant for 15 years. Yeah. I was Do you? No. Yes. Are you? I just, just, I just, I just made it up. <laughs> I, were you really? I was for 15 years. Yeah. Until no way. 2008. Yeah. So Why was would I think that? You're <laughs> <laughs> tuning in. Tuning in. Yeah. It was a childhood dream of mine. I always, I wanted to be a vet, but then when I realized I would have to deal with dying animals, I was like, oh no, that would be too sad. And then I also wanted to travel the world. So then I thought, well, being a flight attendant would be great. So that dream came true in 1992 and 1993. And I was hired by United Airlines and was based in London and um, in Frankfurt and flew internationally and yeah, did that for 15 years. I never knew that, uh, you know, we've uh, of course you knew each other like for how long now? Three years, I'll say. Yeah. I never knew that aspect at all. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. For me, you are always, you have always been this spiritual person and uh, dealing with uh, all those uh, different aspects of life but never thought that you had any uh, past uh, 15 years wow that's a lot wow so super so now tell me um you know if we come back to our topic in this series i really want to explore money mindset and you know what gets us in trouble in the first place why we are not able sometimes to function, to have this kind of good or healthy relationship with money. You know, at some people that are interviewed say, sometimes they are scared even to look at their bank accounts. You know, why? Why would you say that this money, um, you know, scares this money kind of, um, you know, mindset? Why, why money seems to be such a huge problem in our life? Yeah, juicy topic, huh? Oh, <laughs> money is just an extraordinary catalyst for bringing to light, bringing into awareness all the, um, all the ways that you've ever bought into being separate from the infinite divine being that you are. Yeah, so money is such an interesting topic, isn't it? It, it is an extraordinary catalyst for bringing to light the push relationship that most people experience in some area of their life. It will bring up all the ways that you may have projected authority onto something or somebody outside yourself. And money has been deified, you know, turned into the almighty dollars and as if money has become the source of your security or your safety or the freedom or your independence. And it's absolutely fascinating when you start realizing how all this stuff has been projected onto money. It's not money itself. It's what we have projected onto money. That's where things get messy. And it doesn't matter how much you have in the bank, you know, in your bank balance, uh, because this has to do with where are you trusting or not trusting source, the divine, the infinite, where are you wanting to control things? Where do you not trust that there is enough? and thereby you start hoarding and want to hold on to everything. Where are you finding that, wow, I can talk about anything except money? And there, and you're, or having to feel that you have to justify the money that you are asking for, especially when you're doing what you love. 
you know, um, or there's so many stories and programs and rules, and I call them the lives, the beliefs that are really lies that have been passed down for so many generations that have had many of us buy into these stories, these illusions and distortions and so many judgments that money is the source of your happiness. And, you know, interestingly enough, I think studies were done where they came to a number, maybe it depends on where you're living, but I think the average was about $75,000. If people had $75,000 a year, then above that, it didn't really add much more to their happiness. So it's like, okay, that was interesting. So when you realize that it's not about money, but about what's being projected onto it, and when you are making anything, including money, the source of your happiness, the source of your freedom, the source of your security, the source of your safety, then in times of uncertainty, like we are in right now, many are being faced with this, are really you know, coming face to face with how is your relationship with the world, with yourself? How safe do you feel? Is your safety or security dependent on something outside of you? Or is that coming from that deep place within you where no matter what is going on in the world, you know that you are secure within you. And when you are in that space of being secure within you, then it doesn't matter whether you have money or don't have money. You know that you'll be guided to be in the right place at the right time. And everything that you require always shows up. And when you get you know, clear that stuff, I think where this gets interesting and confusing at times and frustrating as hell at other times is when you get that at a rational, logical level, yet your unconscious or your subconscious has different stories in the mm -hmm. database. Yes. And it's locked in your body. And then you find yourself saying that you want something and yet unconsciously you're sabotaging yourself because this push-pull, it'll be something like, oh, it's not safe to have money. It's not safe to outshine others. It's not safe to have more than others. It's not okay to have when there are so many who are have-nots. You know, it runs in so many different ways. Mm, yeah, a lot of food for thought, Dina. So, <laughs> yeah. A lot of food for thought, you know, and so many other questions that I got from that because, you know, um, as you say, you know, is what we project into the money is not the money itself. And also, um, you know, when we put our security in anything, including money, uh, except uh, than ourselves, you know, as you say, we are in a deep, you know, coronavirus recession right now and people losing their jobs. So if you have put your security on your job, what is left today? Uh, you know, all those kind of things and really knowing it intellectually because some of us have read a lot of books <laughs> about that, but it's not really embodying. Where do we go from here? How do we start clearing or unlayering, unlearning all those things and really start getting some new helpful kind of, um, you know, thinking about money and uh, habits as well about money. Yeah. And gosh, there's, there are so many ways. But I think one of the key things that's really important to understand is to realize that money tends to trigger a lot of fear because with survival and safety, you know, when that's threatened or seems to be threatened, it triggers fear and fear triggers the body's stress response, also known as fight or flight, or you're going to freeze. Now, 
that stress response is vital for our physical survival. You know, if you are crossing the road and there's a car coming, you better, you know, hold back because otherwise you're dead. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand the difference between real fear and false fear. False fear is worrying. Worrying is projecting your past experiences, fears onto your future. And when you do that long enough, and you're either hanging out in the past or you're projecting it onto the future, then you start experiencing anxiety. When you are in a heightened state of of worry or anxiety, it triggers that stress response in the body. And on a physical level, when that stress response is activated, it's rushing the adrenaline through your body and all the other hormones that are meant to keep keep you safe. Yet when that goes on for too long, it will literally start burning you out. So you'll see many people at the moment are experiencing adrenal fatigue, um, just feeling absolutely exhausted and may not have made the connection between worrying or feeling anxious being the cause of this response in the body. So it is really important to, first of all, just be kind with yourself and say, wow, I'm freaking out right now. You know, I had one of my friends the other day was saying, oh my God, I know how to do the stuff. I meditate normally. I do my yoga. I go to the beach. I exercise. I know all this stuff. And yet when you are in fear, if you're worrying or in anxiety mode or any of the other fears that come up connected with your safety and security, you literally dumb down. You don't get oxygen to your brain. If you're in that fight or flight mode, you're not, you, your body is prioritizing either having to run or to, to fight and, or to freeze. It's not thinking, oh, let's just come up with ways to bring oxygen to the brain, to come up with possibilities here. No, it shuts that off. So key thing is that when you are in that mode to simply acknowledge that you are in freak out mode, and to just take a couple of nice, deep breaths. Just breathe in peace and just breathe out everything that's stressing you out. And you do that for however long is required, even just consciously breathing in light or ease or peace, breathing in serenity and breathing out everything that is stressing you will give you a little moment to rebalance. It gives the body a moment to regroup, if you like. And in that moment, it's when you go to, the, you know, to nature, if you are um, going to do something that relaxes you, and whatever that is for you, I often say that if I'm feeling really tired or stressed out about something or can't think straight, I go out into nature or I find that inspiration comes to me. I call it the shower fairy shows up when you're under the shower, you know, you're completely engaged in something else and all of a sudden the ideas come. 
yeah, yeah that's true yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm, mm. yeah no that's those are very very good tips Tina um, you know about how we can really um, regroup and uh, come back to the state of centeredness rather than you know <laughs> going uh, freaking out so um, if I come back to you Tina um, you know you say that you were like a people pleaser and uh, you had this kind of fear um, as well uh, a self-doubt and fear of rejection can you tell me a little bit more about this time and what you were feeling and what where those thoughts were coming from at the time yeah so well I came into the world and um, in a family where when my mother was pregnant with me she went to the doctor and that's when she found out that my biological father um, had a history of schizophrenia, which she did not know about. And the doctor said, are you aware of this? My mom said, no. Doctor said, well, life-changing events such as becoming a parent can trigger the schizophrenia. So my mom was absolutely elated being pregnant and at the same time terrified just feeling, you know, this, this, this fear of what this might, what might happen. And so coming into the world, I must feel like while well, being in the womb, it's amazing how much we pick up from a very, yeah. you know, very young age. So yes. I feel like my yes. thing in the womb was that I picked up on the one hand, the joy and connected in with that, all the fears and the insecurities and all the uncertainty my mom was feeling. Then coming into the world, my father I remember being you know, very little and him having a, um, well, whatever they call it anyway. Yeah, this, this schizophrenia kicked in and he was a completely different person and chasing after my mom with a butcher's knife. And it was like, my God, hiding mm. behind a couch and seeing this. And then when he was his, his usual self, mm. he was the most loving and the, the kindest man. Mm -hmm. So as a little girl, I was like, I felt like I had this, taken on this pressure or this role that I had to make everybody happy. Mm, so if I just made sure that course. everybody was happy, then everything would be good mm, for everyone. Mm -hmm. And being highly sensitive and very intuitive, I could feel what somebody was experiencing, even if they weren't expressing it. So as I was growing up, I think it was this really learning to um, wanting to make sure that everybody was happy, wanting mm. to be what they wanted me to be. Of course, that's impossible. But <laughs> <laughs> you can't please anybody. No. Tell you. <laughs> and then I'll tell you what, you know, when I, when I started working for the airlines, I say, if you really want to get mastery in unlearning the art of people pleasing, then uh, being in one of those service oriented businesses is an amazing opportunity. Yeah? So on the one being very service oriented and wanting to please people was perfect for that role. Yeah. Yet when I stepped into leadership role there and I had to step, yeah, step into being a leader and that meant at times not pleasing everybody. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the first time I remember being in the position I locked myself in the bathroom for five minutes as the inner city committee was going, if you're going to tell them what you know, what you need to say, they're going to think you're a bitch. And the other voice is going, but they don't know you. You're not a bitch. Yeah, but they don't know that. And it was like this whole conversation. It was insane. And I realized that I was like, okay, I have to be willing to be disliked and, to, and be true to myself. And that was like, 
really that job was like the expedited training and unlearning the people pleaser program mm-hmm. and really stepping into more of being mm-hmm. my true self. Wow. Yes. Even at 35,000 feet, I'd be having conversations with people about healing and somebody had a headache, I would tune in and go, oh, I wonder, well, I'll offer it. Would you like a Panadol or would you like some acupressure or some energy healing? And it was like, wow, you know, and I didn't, I got to that space eventually where it didn't matter anymore whether people would judge me or reject me. Yeah, because that's awesome because uh, in some flights, when you ask them any kind of uh, painkiller, they say, nope, I haven't got anything to offer. You know, this is actually one of the, uh, I don't know if it's the UK stuff, but uh, they wouldn't offer you anything at all. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is all, you know, very, very insightful, you know, as you say, it's very important to really understand where our conditioning comes from. You really did a lot of work to understand where your conditioning came from and really understand that you picked that up, you know, even way from the womb, actually, and uh, how it manifested. And being able to kind of unlearn what you have learned from the beginning is like even more tough. Uh, even more tough, you know. Can you offer some few tips of how people can go about unlearning some of the very deep-rooted patterns that we have normally? Yeah, so I think many people who are drawn to me um, are also, you know, we are, I was jokingly say we must have enrolled in the school Uh, the earth school curriculum of uh, overcoming the fear of rejection, right? So if you want to overcome the fear of rejection, then part of that curriculum includes the people pleaser program. (laughs) And one of the things that that includes is boundaries. So it's, you know, really boundaries are not walls and they're not barriers, So oftentimes I think when you've had an experience of feeling rejected or being betrayed or abandoned or let down, that hurt if you didn't have the resources at the time to deal with the grief or the emotional impact that had, then that gets packed in your energy field, in your body, you know, in your in your database, in an unconscious database to be dealt with later. And when you have these blockages there, what often happens is, is that in order to avoid the pain or having to feel, you know, you may have had in that moment of something, especially if it came as a shock, you may have said, I will never let anybody do this to me again. I will never, and whatever that, whatever you said. And in that moment, it's like, wow, you made a vow with yourself that you were never going to let anybody get close to you again. And the walls come up and the barriers come up. And even though, they may have helped to keep the pain out. They also keep out all the awesomeness. Mm. And getting that rationally is one thing, and letting that be in the body. And as you say, giving your body and your mind permission to just drop the barriers, drop the walls, to let your heart be open and allow yourself to get really good at creating healthy boundaries. And boundaries are what works for you and what doesn't work for you and to speak up accordingly. 
which of course, if you've been a people pleaser really well, like I was awesome at it and mm -hmm. still creeps in with different mm -hmm. situations at times, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. now the differences are recognized and mm. I can do something about it. Mm. That fear of being rejected. If some, if you're used to saying yes to people and you don't like saying no, then if you times you're going to have to say no and the fear of being rejected can stop you from saying what works for you and what doesn't work for you hmm. you know and no other topic that brings this up better than money right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh my gosh it's exactly. amazing yeah so i think to to really get clear on you know, give yourself the gift of getting clear on what works for you, what doesn't work for you. What are you tolerating in your life? What are you putting up with in your life? Who are you tolerating or putting up with? Mm. And I think especially in the times that we are in now, you know, many places still in lockdown, there's a lot of fear in the collective. There is a lot mm -hmm. of uncertainty. Mm. And in times of uncertainty, the inner control freak wants to grasp for what it knows. It wants guarantees. Well, there are none. The only guarantee we have is that we don't get out of this life. So mm -hmm. if we have that guarantee, we may as well enjoy the journey, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> when you have that and you realize that, wow, many people are being confronted with what truly matters, mm -hmm. what is truly important in your life, mm. allowing yourself to be with that and to look, okay, where in my life, in my relationships, in my career, my business, my health, um, all the different areas, where are the where is this lined up and reflecting what truly matters to me, and where is it not? And then you'll know where there's some changes to be made. Yes, so uh, that's awesome, uh, Tina. Yes, uh, very much. Um, um, you know, uh, getting. Uh, to confront our behavior and really understand, um, you know, how to make that work for us is very, very important. One of the biggest problems that I see with purpose-driven entrepreneurs is that they got big ideas and great vision, but when you look at their brand, you can't see any of that, which means they are putting all this work, their heart and their soul into it, but they are not really seeing the return because nobody really knows what they do. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur who is looking to position yourself as the authority in your field, attract your ideal client and impact the million globally, book a complimentary 30-minute mini-brand audit session with me today at francinebelay.com slash audit. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash audit. During this call, we are going to look at where you are with your brand, where you want it to be, and together we look at the biggest things that are getting in your way and create a roadmap that attracts your ideal client and impacts millions globally. So I only have a handful of these free mini brands audit session each week. So book your complimentary call today at francinebelli.com slash audit because this 30 minute call can radically change the way you see your brand and how others see that as well so go to francinebelli.com slash audit um can you tell me in your case what was perhaps one of a biggest place where you hit a very 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 low point that helped you to change around and really stop actually being um, 
you know, um, running to your own pattern? I've had many low points, yeah. And it's I, probably the biggest, one of the lowest points in my life, I would say, would have had to be when I had, I knew when I was 40 that I would leave my job at the airlines. I just didn't know when. But I'd always said that I will do things as long as it's fun for me. And if it's no longer fun, then I'll either find ways to make it fun or it's time to change. And I had an experience um, on a flight where it was absolutely clear that it was time for me to leave and to step into what I truly long to be doing, which was my coaching and my healing work full time. And when I had made that step, I was like, you know, I want to live trust. I don't just want to know about it and talk about it because I can do that. I wanted to live it. So I could have kept my airline job and flown less hours mm. and, you know, did the other stuff, grow it on the side. But I felt it was really important not to have a backdoor to go all in. Looking back, I'm not sure whether I would choose that again. <laughs> However, <laughs> what it did was, you know, you can prepare yourself and clear out fears and worries and all that stuff to a certain degree until you're in the actual situation. You won't know what it's going to be like. And so nine months or so after leaving the airlines, I found myself at a point where I had like 50 euros left in my name. And mm. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, why did I do this? I was, I, I had every, Oh, I was feeling humiliated and I was feeling so disillusioned and I felt so let down by source. I was like, I've put everything on the line. I'm doing all the things that they say you should be doing and nothing is working. Mm. What's it going to take? And I had an incredible experience going to Glastonbury with a bunch of friends and just before going there, I was having a conversation with my spirit team and I said, I need a sign and you better make it big enough because apparently I'm not getting it. Thank you. <laughs> Off we went to Glastonbury and there on the hill behind the chalice well garden, um, my friends turned around and said, have a look at that. And there in the grass, as if stamped into the grass, was my name. Big letters, T-I-N-A. And I'm hearing a voice say, is that big enough for you? Mm. I have a picture of that. And it's like, it was a reminder for me to know that, wow, I had upgraded to embodying faith. And faith is, you know, taking the next step, not knowing when, where the next one is going to be, right? So it's yes. like an up-leveling from, from, from trust. Then I reached a point not, you know, several years later where I was down to 50 cents. And it was like, you keep you going know, down and down. I know, right? 50 cents. And I had my last roll of toilet paper, which is kind of funny in this whole coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, during coronavirus, this is a huge currency, the toilet paper. <laughs> but being in that moment, I sat there and I burst into tears and I got so angry 
that I was like, I am no longer willing to live like this. Something has got to shift or I'm out of here. Now, I would never kill myself, but it was like a declaration to say, you know, I was done. Mm. And amazingly enough, you know, pretty, I think within an hour or so afterwards, I received an email from one of my clients who had still meant to send me some money, hadn't done it and just arrived in my account that day. And it was like, off to the shops to buy toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) And from that moment on, it was like, there were quite a few other low (laughs) along the way, but it was a turning point. And that what happened was that I had a conversation with um, a friend of mine. And when I told her about this, she got infuriatingly angry with me. And I was like, I couldn't understand why. And she goes, I care about you and I had no idea that you were in such dire circumstances. If you had simply asked me or told me, I would have helped you. I'd be glad to help you. You've got to ask. And it was the realizing that the programming of having to do it all myself, you know, and I'm proud and, oh, my God, it'd be so humiliating to have to ask for help as if that's weak. I was shutting off my receiving and that conversation shifted that once and for all to realize that I had to get over myself and whatever pride I felt had, you know, to prevent me from asking and knowing that as much as I love to give, I had to allow others the opportunity to give to me as well. Yeah. And from there on, I've never been down to one toilet roll 50 cents again. (laughs) Wow. That is powerful story, Tina. Very gripping story. My gosh. And yes, I was going to ask you, what would you say was the lesson? Why do you have to go through this? And, you know, you beautifully say it's like, again, our conditioning, especially people give, 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 is never ask. And um, part of, um, you know, the life and how, you know, other people are there also to help us. So, and uh, this is also a big reminder for people who give all the time and also think or attach the, um, you know, level of, uh, of asking as like humiliating, you know, when they are prepared to give, give, give until like the last sense of uh, they can't buy the toilet paper. <laughs> yes. So I think that is a great reminder actually for us, a very big lesson, I think, uh, there actually. Thank you very much for sharing this one. Mm. Um, so tell me, uh, you also actually... Um, help people with, um, you know, you have four pillars of joyful living. Can you tell me about those four pillars and how you help people with that? Yes. So the four pillars of joyful living to me are joyful body, joyful money, joyful business, and joyful relationships. And when you're looking at your life in those four different areas, you know, your body, your well-being, your health, how much joy are you experiencing being in the body? How much joy are you experiencing with your well-being? And if you are experiencing aches and pains or your body's not functioning the way you would like it to or it's not looking or feeling the way you would like it to, then there is an opportunity there to allow yourself to recognize the judgments that you have about your body Nothing zaps the joy out of you faster than judgment, whether it's you judging yourself or others judging you. So looking to see where are the judgments that you have about your body and where could you bring more joy into that area? That's one. 
when we're looking at joyful money, it's like joyful money. Say what? (laughs) Again, it's like realizing, wow, that relationship with money, you know, it's like when you can transform all the stuff that's been projected onto money, then you realize that money can be a really joyful experience. And it's not about how much you have. It's about how you feel about what you have and what you allow yourself to receive. And that knowing that if you are uh, passionate about something, let's say, I think many, many more people these days are looking that, you know, wanting to make a difference in the world. When the more money that you have, the more money that you can contribute to support others, to support causes that you really believe in, right? So that's maybe one incentive to bring more joy into that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joyful business and could also be joyful careers looking like, you know, bringing the joy into expressing your gifts and your talents in a way that are uplifting, delightful, fulfilling for you and that create a positive impact in the lives of others. And I find that, you know, I, I absolutely love what I do. I love supporting my clients with transforming their business, transforming their relationships, transforming how they feel in their body, how much joy they allow themselves to experience. And, you know, doing that is just me showing up in my joy has a ripple effect on everybody who is in my space. So, wow, imagine that everyone that I get to work with and bring more joy into how they're showing up in the business or their career is impacting so many other people. So yeah, it's just a very powerful way to be able to increase the joy and the prosperity and abundance consciousness on the planet. And then the other thing, what do we have? A joyful, joyful body, joyful money, joyful business and joyful Oh, joyful relationships. Okay, joyful that's the other one is joyful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so the joyful relationships is like uh-huh. the relationship you have with yourself. Mm. How much joy is there in the way that you be with you? And especially in these times, I think it's very interesting when lockdown restrictions have been in place so you know the social distancing and all of that many people are experiencing a lot of emotional distress of having that uh, community and and the, the physical contact being taken away and realizing wow what an amazing opportunity in those times to really look to see okay well where can you find what that gives you being with other people within yourself what is it that you require? Where can you bring joy into being with you so that you can let this be a most sacred and nourishing time to really strengthen the relationship with you, the relationship with others, whether that's in your family members, friends, intimate partners, spouses, you know, how much joy can you bring in there? And the interesting thing I have noticed about Uh, you're talking about joy and why I'm so passionate about it is that many people say they would like to experience more joy, yet their actions are not matching what they're saying. And it's almost like there's a rule or it has been a rule on this planet that 
because I call it the operating system of the old old world, there was no pain, no gain. You had to suffer, sacrifice, and struggle, earn your rewards, and then if you suffered really hard, then you deserved what you, you know, your, your, your reward. And it's like, goodness me. So in that process, if, if you're hooked into that programming, then having things show up in your life with joy and with ease is like blasphemy to that program, you know? So, and if you are choosing joy and you're choosing ease when everyone else around you is still bought into the no pain, no gain, it really takes courage to stay true to yourself. To I often share the story of crabs. When crabs are in a bucket, and there's many of them, if crabs try to get out, the others will drag the crabs back down. Yeah. And it's kind of like the tribe mentality. Yeah, so if you are choosing to step outside of the tribe mentality, mm. there's going to be a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when enough crabs get out of the crab bucket and discover, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. me, there's a whole beach to explore, whole new space, all new worlds, and others come and join, then you can be the trailblazer. Mm. And you and I are trailblazers, mm. and I'm sure those who are drawn to being here with us can totally connect with that as well. Mm. So when enough trailblazers have the courage to step outside the crowd bucket and realize that by being true to yourself, choosing joy and allowing yourself to choose expansion, growth and transformation through joy instead of it having to be really hard, what a different world we can create. Mm-hmm. Wow, so much inspiration. Yes, definitely. I love that. And I love this integrated, uh, joyful uh, with the body, the uh, uh, money, the business, and then the relationship. And also the fact that that relationship is also within ourselves. is mm-hmm. the most important uh, relationship because usually people forget about that one. And as you say, the lockdown just has reminded us <laughs> if we were fortunate enough to uh, self-quarantine with ourselves, <laughs> that yes. actually we have to look into ourselves and really also redefine that relationship with ourselves. And then, of, of course, ultimately with others and uh, also the planet, you know, which yes. is what brought us in this place in the first place. So that's really, really beautiful, uh, Tina. I really uh, I love that, um, um, you know, insight. Um, now we are going to go into a lightning round of questions. And Ooh. I'm going to <laughs> ask you something and then you're going to uh, give me uh, your answer. So okay. how do we get to live a rich life now, regardless of the money we have? That is really a great question, realizing that we want to look at the prosperity consciousness. Are you feeling prosperous with what you have right now? If you can tune into all that is going well in your life, all that you can appreciate, appreciate the tiniest little thing. If it's money, you can appreciate a dollar, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is. If you can't appreciate the small things, how are you going to appreciate the bigger things? Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. (laughs) So our next question. Um, So uh, when you travel, do you select your flight by the cheapest flight or by the duration? Ooh. (laughs) Well, when I was still traveling, see, when I was a flight for so long, I was like (laughs) booking flights. 
it was I'm, a free flight for you anyway. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, that, uh, no, I didn't get that. So that's, that's a bummer. But when I did go to book my last, my last trip I went to was going to California uh, from Australia. And I actually chose by the aircraft type. Ooh, what do you mean was, by aircraft type? There was a flight that I could go on that was on the Dreamliner. And the air quality on there is just so much different than the others. Yeah. So anytime that I can get on Good. a Dreamliner, that's, that's, that's what I that, do. That is wonderful. Now, if you just have today a laptop and $100 to start making money, what would you do? First of all, get really clear on what is it that lights you up. What is fun for you? What do you love doing? If you had all the money in the world, what would you still be doing? Yeah. And then look to see, I would probably start up a, a group in Facebook or some other platform mm -hmm. and to start inviting people into who resonate with that message. Mm -hmm. And then start offering experiences. So I love doing five-day challenges for people, you know, to have an experience in the topics that I'm passionate about that they really love. Mm -hmm. And then that doesn't take a whole lot of money to do all of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Time to connect. It's about really connecting with others, asking. This is where you've got to be willing to ask mm -hmm. to receive feedback. For example, when I was doing the, the um, Joy Evolution Summit last year, I just put a call and said, I'm thinking of doing some interviews. All you need is your laptop. You need a, well, preferably a good mic, but even you could do it on your phone, smartphone, yeah. and you know, very simple. Mm -hmm. And then offer, uh, creating a, um, a bundle for people to purchase after us with all the, uh, the interviews. Mm -hmm. That's, it takes a lot of time to yes. do this. Mm -hmm. Yet if you only have $100 and you have a laptop and is hoping you have internet, because otherwise laptops <laughs> Yes, you have internet too, yes. <laughs> yeah, so find an area that you are passionate about. Find people, what are, what are people struggling with? topic of you know any of the topics that have to do with the maslow um hierarchy mm -hmm. yeah looking at what what can help people to feel safe secure in their body in their well-being in their relationships um, in their business calling um anything to do with money those are the topics that most people have challenges in somewhere mm -hmm. so find something that you are passionate about that others are interested in receiving support with and then create an offer that is going to be supporting them get results in that area yeah awesome yes i'm sure that uh, that hundred dollar will really last <laughs> so um now uh, what's your definition of financial freedom Financial freedom for me is having the freedom to do what you love to do when you want to do so that you can say yes to something because it resonates, not because you're looking at, oh, That's can your I wallet. It? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, no wonder. And now definition of meaningful work and meaningful life. Meaningful work for me is like that it nourishes you. It 
fills you up. When you are doing what is meaningful for you, you feel like you are making a contribution in, in the world and you could keep going and going and going. You lose track of time when you're doing what you're doing because your heart is so in it. You love it so much that it's not, it, you, well, you wouldn't call it work, mm. even though it takes work and effort. Mm. Of course. But it, yeah, you, you feel like you're leaving the world um, a better place. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? Meaningful. The meaningful life. Meaningful life. Yeah, and meaningful life. Same. I, I remember hearing years ago someone say the definition of success was leaving this world and having made a difference in one person's life. And at times where I've been in real slumps, you know, in those doubt gremlins come in and have me question oh what difference am I making what's the point you know (laughs) then all I have to do is look and go well I've made a difference in more than one person's life so I'm successful so I think in that part yeah meaningful life is doing what you love Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. you can be you not Mm -hmm. a carbon copy of you or somebody Mm -hmm. else be you that's wonderful, yeah. Gift, yeah. And be that, that yeah. is the biggest contribution. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes we try to be all things to all people and we, we, we forget to be us and really what lights up, so which is really yeah. what is all about. And then in the process, we're going to make an impact, of course. <laughs> That's wonderful. So finally, do you have any last piece of guidance that you'd like to pass on to our listeners to do more meaningful work and live a more meaningful life? I would say, ask yourself the question, what will it take? What will it take to have a meaningful life? What will it take to have a meaningful business? And then the inspiration that's going to come. When you ask the questions, the answers will come. (laughs) And when you ask, what will it take? And whatever answers come, then look to see, okay, well, what is one thing that I can do right now or today that's going to move me closer in that direction? Mm, Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful, Tina. How can people uh, get in touch with you and learn what you're doing? Uh... Thanks, Rensi. Yeah, so, well, obviously my website, that's one Mm -hmm. place, tinavanloven.com. I am just in the process of growing a community called Soul Food Sanctuary. And that is my group on Facebook. We're using Facebook as a hub for now. Mm -hmm. And it's really there with a mission to support others. We're looking really to inspire 100,000 people to increase their joy, prosperity, and abundance consciousness. And that everybody who comes into that space in the Soul Food Sanctuary um, will receive an upgrade in their joy, abundance, and prosperity frequency. And that you'll know that because by the time that you leave there, you feel lighter. So I share a lot of inspiration in there and tips and insights. And we have fun five-day challenges. We just did a five-day Money and Miracles challenge. We had a five-day Faith Lift challenge, which was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check your Facebook group and uh, Sanctuary, Joyful Sanctuary Facebook group. Soul right? Food. Soul, Soul Food Sanctuary. Soul Food Sanctuary Facebook group. Yeah. That's wonderful, Tina. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your gems and all your experience with all of our listeners. And I'll say I'll see you again sometime soon. 
Thank you so much, Francine. You are such a joy and delight to be with. And I salute you and honor you for letting your light shine in the world with your gift. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you too, uh, Tina. Thank you for listening to this episode. The show notes of this episode of The Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelly.com slash podcast. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash podcast. With all the references shared on the show and other relevant resources as well. If you enjoy this podcast and want to show your love and support, Share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you hang out, because this will encourage me to keep bringing you an awesome show. So, and make sure that you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast. So you don't miss any episode and leave me a five-star review as well, because that will mean that a lot of other people can see this show and it will help me spread this message to many, many more people. So I will see you next week for another episode of the season seven. Until then, dream, act and make an impact. Lots of love.